On this week's episode of Orange Juice Optional, we are going to be talking about one of Suzanne's favorite things, cold weather, snow, ice, short days. Yes, today we're going to be talking about winter. Stay tuned. Hi, hello everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Orange Juice Optional. Did you miss us last week? Well, we missed you, and we're happy to be back. Hey, Suzanne. Hey, Michelle. How's it going? It's going good. No complaints on my end. I'll take it. It's funny. I was just reading a Fox article. It's been out for a little while, but I was curious about it. I saw it, and it's all about Gen Z employees who are not wanting to work that traditional nine to five or eight hour work days. And reading that article, I just have so many questions. And I thought maybe we could take a moment to uh, talk about it. I think we should. I don't have questions. I have so many opinions about this. But yeah, let's talk about it. Well, you were an employer and... Did you see that at all when people like you were hiring came in? I only had a certain number of hours to give away. You know, I could hire people for part-time. I had one full-time employee and then everyone else was part-time because of my limitations as far as what I could afford. But yeah, I had a few employees who were very demanding of what they could do, like almost almost universally, well, I can't work weekends and I can't work evenings. Well, I'm a retail store. I need people who can work weekends and evenings, but nobody wanted to. I get that. You know, before kids having had a work life, those early years when I was married, I didn't mind the nine to five, but if if I could get my job done quicker, I didn't really like waiting around those extra hours. So if I only needed to be there six hours, I only wanted to be there six hours, but that wasn't up to me. I didn't get to choose the hours that I worked and I had to be there. And it wasn't so much I was trying to fit everything else in my life in, like taking a shower, making dinner, taking care of kids. It was just more of a a boredom thing for me at that point because I watch my parents work their jobs, well, their eight-hour day. Yeah. Okay. So here is my point to all of this, or my my opinion, I should say, to all of this, is it's so inbred in us because this idea of eight to five or nine to five goes back decades. It goes back as far for as long as there have been employment jobs available. And so for this generation to come in and disrupt what we know, I think we're all going to balk at that a little bit. Now, I'm not saying they're necessarily wrong. What I don't like about it is the tone of it, the tone of I'm entitled to do whatever I want. And if you don't do what I want, then I'm not going to work for you. And it's more there that attitude of, entitlement, I guess, for lack of another word, versus, yeah, maybe you don't have to work that structured eight to five that we all know. And it's how we grew up. It's how our parents grew up. It's how our grandparents grew up. That may be okay. Just don't be so, don't be a bully about it. (laughs) Don't come charging and saying, 
my time's too important for you and your job. So this is what I'll do. And I want full benefits and full pay. And these are the hours I can work. Yeah. Being demanding, or as you said, entitled. Entitled. And I think that's where I have the issue. And that does become a a huge issue. I mean, if you look at our generation, if you look at our parents' generation, grandparent generation, you know, really work-life balance has always been something people have been striving to achieve. It's not easy to achieve. And I guess for us, again, we just go in it knowing that's how it's always been done. So Mm -hmm. we'll just continue that and we'll figure it out as we go. But this younger generation, I mean, they've had a lot of things that they've had to deal with that our generation didn't. And I'm sure that factors in, like helicopter parents, parents going in and taking the blame or parents going in and saying why their kids shouldn't receive that. So in other words, we've created this generation. I think so. We've raised this generation of entitlement. To a certain extent, have said for years, I really, the idea of taking a lesson away from my kids is really hard. If they screw up, they need to figure out how to fix it. However, I don't want them to suffer too much. I don't want them to not have somebody to talk to. So just jumping in and trying to help make it better, even though, you know, my parents did that too. They they would jump in and we would have the conversation, but ultimately it was my responsibility to fix whatever I'd screwed up. But a lot of times that's been taken away. I've seen it. I worked in the school district. I've seen it. Right. But I don't necessarily want to take the blame for that attitude. Oh, not all the blame. I'm just, that was just one of the things I thought of. I I thought a helicopter parents. And then I thought, here you have COVID where the whole world shut down for a year and longer, and people found other ways to do their jobs that allowed them to have a different work-life balance. And the idea of going to that or going back to that is not overly appealing to anybody. Right. And I do think that goes back to my, my original comment about just because it's what we know and what we were taught does not necessarily mean there isn't a better way to do it. And I think COVID taught all of us that, that, oh, you can work from home. You can do a hybrid schedule. You can be a little more flexible with your hours and do just as good of a job as going into an office on such a structured schedule. I agree. And it's all about the field that you decide to go into. If you're in retail, you have to have that face-to-face conversation, you know, to help people find what they want, to check them out, to be there for them. If they have a return, you have to be physically present in a job like that. A teacher, you have to be physically present. Even in COVID, the hybrid, they're required to teach class online. Their face has to be on that camera. They have to be putting that time in. Right. Right. Well, and to that point, again, it goes back to the attitude of the person looking for the job. Because It doesn't really matter what field you're in. If you come in with the attitude that you need me more than I need you, do you really want that attitude in your workplace? That energy? No, no. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a rather arrogant place to be when you're out looking for a job. It really is. Come in. People are looking to see if you're a good fit, if you're a team player, and... 
so many jobs can be done offsite. But yeah, if your attitude stinks, then yeah, it might not be a match. Yeah, I agree. So yeah, interesting article or yeah, interesting I it was, story. I thought it was fascinating because we're always changing. We're always evolving and trying to figure out different ways to do things. If we look at European cultures, so many of them, you work in the morning, you siesta, you work at night, and they've kind of figured out a different structure to it that works for them. So it can be done. Just go in with a better attitude about it and people work with you. I think if you have a positive attitude, if you're like, I'm here, I'm committed when I'm here, they want that energy in there. So they'll work with you more than if you're complaining about it. Exactly. Okay. Well, with that, why don't we move on to winter? You want to talk about winter, Suzanne? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Because I'm not in it. You're not in it. Yeah. I'm like, I can feel this place freezing over right now, but like, let's get started. Okay. Okay. So we are in the third week of January in many, many areas. It's cold outside. We have snow. We have the cold. We have the ice. We have shorter days, although they're starting to get longer. What is your element in winter that you hate the most out of all those? All of it. I dislike it so much. And and I can say this confidently as I sit here in looking out my kitchen window at the sunshine and at the green grass and leaves on the trees. And I can honestly say I don't miss anything about winter. As you know, I did some traveling. I went to Seattle to see my son and grandchildren. And we had a beautiful weekend, but it was cold. And I don't like being cold. And I never have liked being cold. And I got home and even my mother, who loves Alaska, she went with me to Seattle because she couldn't do the cold in Alaska because they've had record snowfall this year. And it was honestly too dangerous for her to attempt winter in Alaska. So we did winter in Seattle for a weekend and she got off the airplane and she said, oh, it feels so nice to be back in this weather. And my mother is someone who loves Alaska and loves winter. She's going to embrace it no matter the temperature. Right. But she was mighty happy to get back to Arizona. I felt like that was a victory for me because I never thought I'd see the day. A definite victory for you. And while I was listening to you talk, I just was thinking, it's so funny how weather becomes subjective because the other day in Havasu, it was 46 degrees in the morning. It got up to 60 something as a high. And I was complaining because I was cold. How quickly I forget that real cold is Alaska. Right. Real winter is Alaska winter. And I'm sure there are real winters in Chicago and in Boston and in other parts of the country, but real winter is Alaska. And you do forget very quickly what winter means when you're in the sunshine. You sure do. And I'm looking at the the list that I read off to you, snow, cold, ice, short days. I hate being cold. That is the one thing that if I could have snow and it not be cold outside, 
I wouldn't mind a snowy day because there's something beautiful and tranquil and peaceful about looking outside and seeing the snow falling and then being able to stay inside and do your favorite indoor activity and then go out and I even enjoyed shoveling it. Like, I know that sounds ridiculous. It was good exercise. It got me outside. I was bundled up. I even enjoyed that part of snow. Right. And I love watching the snow. And you're right. It's beautiful. It's tranquil. But until you have to bundle your children up to get outside. (laughs) Yes. I hated that part. Hat, boots, mittens, snow pants, coat. And you're outside for 10 minutes and without a doubt, one of them has to go to the bathroom. So you have to go in, you have to take it all off and then you have to put it all back out on. And they love being outside. They love playing outside in the snow, but it is hard work. It is hard work and times that by 10 to 20, because I used to be a teacher and part of the curriculum every day was to take the kids outside And those first couple snowstorms, those first couple cold Uh, days, it would take us 45 minutes just to get out the door. Then we're only out there five, and then we have to come back in (laughs) because the day's over. And, you know, some kids were so quick. Their parents taught them, you know, if you want to go outside, I'm putting the responsibility on you. But then there were others that were just like, what hand does this glove go on? I mean, it was really quite funny, but very frustrating at the time. So I don't miss that about teaching or with my own kids is getting them ready to go outside. And you're so correct. As soon as they get out there, one of them has to go pee. Yeah. And you got to start all over again. And that's such hard work. But I want to go back to, that's the other thing, are the shorter days in Alaska And I did not realize how much shorter days impacted me. Although you kind of know because in the summer you have the reverse where you have the long days and you never want to go to bed. But I have said it a thousand times and I will say it a thousand and one times that I will never take for granted waking up to sunshine because in Alaska in the winter, you do not wake up to any light. It's dark when you wake up. And it's dark when you get home from school. And again, all subjective when I say this, but Arizona, those last couple weeks in December before it started to reverse, it felt like that darkness was closing in on both sides because I usually get up in the summer months. I take the dogs out by six o'clock. Well, it's not getting light here till 7.15, 7.30. And then it starts getting dark at 5.30. And I know it's nowhere near the same as what we experienced in Alaska, but they were starting to kind of creep in on me there. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you just don't, when you're in it, the impact it has on your mood and your general disposition, at least in my case, you you don't really see it until you're out of it. And yeah, it's, it, there's a night and day difference. Completely, completely. Well, I did find this quote and it was from gentrylee.com and it's about winter. And I thought it was perfect. It says, and it's talking again about winter. It gives us time for rest. Even the snow nourishes the soil, allowing plants to grow more abundant. Without winter, we miss that necessary rebuilding period of our year. And I thought that was so 
beautiful and so true because what do we want to do in winter? We want to hibernate. We want to keep to ourselves. We don't necessarily want to go out when it's super cold outside. Well, I, you're right. But I remember one of the first years I spent my winter in Arizona. And do you know what I did? I kept track of every mile I walked that whole winter because it was miles walked that would have never happened in Anchorage, Alaska. Oh, I can believe that because because I would slip and fall. Right. I did not like to go out and be cold. I did not like to, the ice was always ridiculous or you had to pull yourself through snow. And I just chose not to do it. Oh, and it was dark and there were moose. There were things that kept me from doing it. And that I remember that first year and I even posted it on social media. Like every time I hit a landmark mile, it's like, again, you know, 25 miles, I wouldn't have walked in Anchorage, Alaska. Yeah, well, I'm going to stick by when it's cold outside, the bears hibernate, we hibernate. And then in the spring, we see all these memes or gifts about losing our winter weight. There's something to that. There's something to just going into that mode of rest, Mm -hmm. comfort, hibernation. There's, for me anyway, that was my experience. Because I wouldn't want to get out on the icy roads. Right. I don't like right, to drive right. on icy roads, but it's prepared me to drive anywhere else in the United States. True. True. During the winter anyway. Right. Well, I thought it would be fun if I asked you some questions about winter. And I'll answer them too. I'm not throwing you under the bus on this one, but I just wrote yeah. down a couple of things that I'm like, oh, this is kind of a fun thing to do. Okay. Okay. Is there a fun winter vacation that you took that you can recall? Not escaping the snow, but going somewhere into the snow or the cold. No, I honestly cannot think of a vacation that I planned for cold weather. I'm not a skier. I don't like winter activity, outdoor winter activities. And so I have to say no. I have never, I do not have a memory of any winter vacation. Well, many years ago, Rob and myself, his parents, and his brother and sister-in-law, we all went to Yellowstone right after Christmas and had a fun winter vacation. We tried snowshoeing. Only time I've ever tried it. Would not want to try it again. We went snow machining slash snowmobiling, depending on where you're from, mm -hmm. um, in Yellowstone, which was really cool. I almost got trampled by a moose in Idaho, which was not so much fun. But it was kind of cool to experience winter somewhere else. Well, that's a great example. Yeah, not that I, as a child, didn't have cold winters because I did live in towns, states mm -hmm. that had the four seasons. And so winter was mm -hmm. always a part of my life. But it was fun going back, going somewhere else. Moving on. Okay, okay. here's the next one. Do you have a favorite winter or snowy day food? Oh, good question. I was going to say, I can answer while you're thinking about it. Please I do. do. I love a good crock pot meal on a winter or cold Ugh. day. Um, chicken and dumplings is probably my favorite. It's comfort food. It's warm. It's gooey. It's delicious. And it just reminds me of just 
celebrating life and myself. Obviously, you're not a crockpot lover. <laughs> I'm not. I've never uh, owned a crockpot. Yep, never will. At least you uh, didn't start gagging when I explained that one. I almost did because I'm not a chip. I like the chicken and dumplings idea, but I don't like dumplings. But I would have to say chili would be my go-to winter and day meal. Where do they make chili in a crock pot? No, I make it in a pot on the stove. I don't do it a crock pot. I've never owned a crock pot, so I wouldn't know. But I had, you know, yeah, I have one of those big Dutch ovens and you would do it in that pan and then it sits on your stove all day. And then you have chili and cornbread and honey and... Uh, Okay, well, just FYI, it can also be made in a crock pot. Mm. And I know that from personal experience. Okay. Okay, well, here's the next one. If you have a favorite food on a snowy day, how about a favorite beverage? Oh, well, I mean, I love hot chocolate, but... Spiked? No, I wouldn't spike hot chocolate, but I do have a killer hot butter drum recipe for my sister-in-law. And... I love hot buttered rum, especially around the holidays. Okay, well, there you have it. I would have said I don't drink coffee, so nothing coffee-related, but like a hot chocolate probably. And if it had mm -hmm. a little peppermint schnapps in it, I wouldn't turn it away. Right. And I have to say my grown-up version of hot chocolate would be the chocolate peppermint mocha from Starbucks because I do like that shot of coffee in my hot chocolate. Ah, very good answer there. You're growing up, Suzanne. I guess so. Well, what's your favorite indoor activity when it's snowy and cold outside? Oh, watching an old movie on TV. I get that. Watching reruns, you? just hibernating. I would say wearing my pajamas all day if there's a fireplace, a fire roaring, mm -hmm. and just kind of settling into into that and knowing I don't have to go outside. And if I had a window to look at, I would watch the snowfall. I do think okay. that's lovely and beautiful. Okay. How about a favorite winter outside activity? There is none for me. I hate to say it, but there isn't one. Okay. Well, I used to really enjoy, well, I grew up skiing. So I'll go, I'll just backtrack. Mm -hmm. I grew up skiing. And when I moved to Alaska, I should have kept it up, but I didn't. So I would say at that time, my favorite outdoor activity would have been, well, I went snow machining and snowmobiling with Rob until he like scared me so bad I didn't want to do that anymore. But if I had to have a favorite activity, Colton, bless his heart, he played hockey. He was a forward mostly, but his dream was to be a goalie. So I bought him a net and we would go outside and I would shoot pucks oh. at him trying oh. to score on him in his goalie gear because that's really what he wanted to do. And those are really fun memories. So that oh. mine. yeah, that's great. How about your kids? Did they have a favorite winter activity? Well, and I have to credit my mom for this, but because my mom loves outdoor activities. So she would go with me and my kids did cross country skiing and they did ice skating and they did snowboarding a little bit, not a lot of it, but every outdoor activity we could find, my mom would help me bundle up the kids and we'd go do it. How fun is that? For them, they loved it. Yeah, definitely. My kids, they did that also, cross-country skiing, skating, 
Cameron didn't really love ice skating. I put him in lessons when he was younger and mm -hmm. he just sat on the ground and scooted to the edge and walked off the ice. He was done with it. So mm -hmm. he wasn't a huge fan of that, but he did like the cross country skiing. And I will say it's much easier to watch a child play hockey than to watch them cross country ski because oh. you get to see them at the beginning. You get to see them at the end, maybe catch a glimpse if they like come back around and that's all. And you're standing yep. out and it's freezing cold and you're just like wishing they had their best time ever. Well, you always wish that, but you know, right. you're wishing it also so you can go get warm. Right. Okay. Well, one more question. And this is a fun one, I think. Do you have a favorite piece of outside clothing <laughs> I that was, you like to shop for? Not that I like to shop for, no. But I do have to say, and this surprises me to no end because I would normally say, no, there is no outdoor clothing that I like. But in Alaska, I love, I love, love, love my Ugg boots. Oh, yeah. There's nothing like a pair of Uggs. And I will wear those yep. in Arizona, too. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't go that far, but I do love my Ugg boots. Well, maybe you would go that far. No, I'd never wear Ugg boots in Arizona. I remember when Uggs first came out and our daughter, I don't remember how old she was. She must have been in college and she was meeting us in Hawaii for our annual Thanksgiving. And she got off the plane in Hawaii in her Ugg boots. And I was like, are you kidding me? We're in Hawaii and you're wearing Ugg boots. And and she thought it was the best thing ever. I have to agree with her. Because let's take an Ugg boot. And I know they have different structures. But is that the most practical shoe for Alaska? Absolutely. Well, I guess you're not playing in the snow and you're probably not shoveling. No, I shoveled a lot of snow and but but not in your my, Uggs. No, in my Uggs. Absolutely. I shoveled really? because it because it kept my feet warm. Yes. I absolutely I loved my Ugg boots. Loved them. And I wore them anything I did outdoors, I wear wore my Ugg boots. I'm guessing you waterproofed them then. Of course. Okay. Doesn't doesn't everyone? <laughs> Obviously, you don't. <laughs> no, I had boots for my outdoor activities, such as shoveling or walking in the snow. And then I had my Ugg boots for style. Oh, see, and my Ugg boots were salt stained and sand stained and water stained. And, and I can't believe Suzanne Huners ever owned anything stained, but you're I did. Me wrong. I did. I still own them. When I go to Alaska, I still pull out my Ugg boots. <laughs> Well, I would say my favorite piece of winter clothing, I was going to say boots. That is definitely one of them because there's so many cute boots out there, but it's all about the cute jacket you find too. True. And True. the great pair of sunglasses because if it's a sunny day and there's snow, the glare is Wicked. horrendous. Yeah. yeah. So those would be my things. Okay. Now just real quick, I'm going to say an activity and you just say if you've done it before, if you haven't. You don't have to give explanation unless you really feel compelled to. <laughs> I always feel compelled to, but go ahead. Okay. So have you ever built a snowman? Oh, yes. Made snow angels? Always. Gone skiing? <laughs> you don't want to know the answer to that. That's a story. I don't ski. Okay. We'll just leave it there. Have you ever had a snowball fight? Yes. Have you ever built a snow fort? Yes. Have you ever gone snow machining? Yes. And have you ever ice skated on an outdoor rink? I've skated on it. Well, yes, but I've also skated on an outdoor lake. 
or okay. pond. Okay, one up it. That's good. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Okay, those are all of the ones I have. And I can say yes to all of those, although the most unsuccessful one is probably building a snow fort because I was afraid it was going to cave in on me. And I went worst oh. case scenario in my mind and it was not yeah. fun. Yeah, well, and I think when you grow up in Alaska, it kind of goes without saying that you've tried all those activities. Except for you who hates the outdoors. Right. But you had well, kids. I had kids. and I You were a kid. Else, and I was a kid in Alaska. So, yeah. Okay. Well, anything else you want to talk about in regards to winter, cold weather, snow? No. No. I think I've said enough. Okay. Well, the only thing I would like to say, since, again, we're just coming off the Christmas season, is Christmas feels more like Christmas when it's cold outside and there's snow on the ground. It's hard for me to wrap my head around a warm Christmas. Although I'm acclimating to it, I do miss cold weather at Christmas. Mm. Interesting. I don't. I I can enjoy. I, can, <laughs> I didn't ask you. <laughs> I or maybe I, I did. <laughs> you didn't. But I can, I can honestly say I can enjoy Christmas no matter where I'm at. Okay. Well, that is a great thing and that's how it should be. So with that, why don't we move on to closing? Sounds good. Okay, here we are. We're at closing. Suzanne, do you want to share with the listeners the name of the book that we are reading in the month of January? It is The Book of Joy by Desmond Tutu and the Dalai Lama. Can't believe we're already at the end of January, but there you have it. And are you liking the book so far? I love this book. I love it. Okay, well, it'll be an interesting conversation, I think. I think it will. I think it will. Okay, well, with all that shared, I'm just going to give you all something to sip on. And of course, it's about winter because that's what we've been talking about. So here we go. Welcome, winter. Your late dawns and your chilled breath make me lazy, but I love you nonetheless. And that is by Terry. I'm not even going to try to pronounce the last name, but it's G-U-I-L-L-E-M-E-T-S. And that's your something to sip on. Nice. I don't even know if you would cheers to that, but I'm going to. (laughs) I'm not going to cheers to that, but I'll cheers to our episode. Okay. Well, cheers, everyone. Until next time. Cheers. Cheers.